I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We are part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, feature on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. And with me today, as always, is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Everything great over here. Um, Luca Doncic is great. We are supposed not to root for uh, like other team, other teams, but man, Doncic is fun to watch. Well, we tried to tell you how awesome he is. Twenty-two, eight and six last night. Uh, he nine and fifteen from the field. Man, he's he's nineteen years old. I yeah. mean, it's it's crazy. Um, doesn't play like a 19 years old. No, 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 no. I mean, if you told somebody he was 24, they'd be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's like, no, he's 19. Yeah. Um, so the Thunder lost last night in Dallas, uh, 111 to 96. And it was just kind of a game where the Thunder, you could tell they didn't really have their legs. This is the third game in four nights. Uh, you know, they're, they had a seven game win streak. They're just not going to win all these games. Although like in Dallas is a winnable game, but they're still without Russell Westbrook. And the fact is that you have Raymond Felton, who's he's showing more and more. He's not really a backup point guard. You know, as, as much as people love to tell you that, you know, the thunder shouldn't have, you know, traded for Dennis Schroeder because they already had a good backup point guard. Uh, Ray, Ray's taken a little bit of a step back. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's just not really—he's not super helpful to this team right now, which is okay. This is not his going to be his typical role. Uh, and the Thunder are missing their most important player, and the the stats of cleaning the glass back it up. And 315 possessions raise a minus 17.8 when he's on the court this season, uh, and so that that kind of bears out in what what we're seeing. Uh, but that's okay. You know, last night. You know, Brett Dawson predicted correctly that they were going to lose in Dallas. And it just kind of felt like, yeah, that seems right that they would yeah. lose that game. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a trap game because of the amount of games they've played recently. And really without Russell. So here's what my, my general thoughts on last night and even the game against Houston. Without Russell, they're not nearly as good as they looked as they did against Houston. And they're not nearly as bad as they were last night either. Like there's... I think that we just saw two kind of extremes. Uh, and, and a lot of it was just the second quarter last night. J.J. Barea went off. Uh, the Thunder allowed it. And then they could never quite climb back into the game. And so there's going to be nights like that, especially when there's so, going to be so much variance in the shooting of this basketball team. You have Terrence Ferguson, 0 of 5 from 3. Uh, Paul George, 3 of 9. You know, you're not when you when you guys can't shoot. Patterson one of four, Felton one of six from three. When you just can't make threes, when you're nine of thirty four from three, like you're just you're going to lose games at night, especially when your opponent shoots forty eight percent. They are fourteen of twenty nine from three. When they shoot like that, you're going to lose games. Yeah, I mean the variance in the three point shooting is something that Russ helps to mitigate. Yeah, um, because of like how much uh, attention 
he draws from, from his defense and um, from, from his passing. Um, because, I mean, as we all know, um, Russ is a great passer to spot up opportunities. And I, I think that that plays a role. And to be honest, it plays a role. The fact is said that when Russ is off the court, then you have Dennis um, doing the same. And the first quarter offense was okay. I mean, maybe, like, it, they didn't shoot well, but it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you then have to account uh, to Felton minutes, which were, like, terrible, like, truly terrible, there was yeah. nothing going on. Um, Barea torched him on the defensive end. <laughs> Tor- uh, just destroyed him. It was... yeah. And JJ Barea, I mean, I just don't know when this saga is going to end against the Thunder because it feels like he just kills OKC every single time they play. Yeah. Um, but and I, I don't love individual plus minus from game to game because it's you not know, it's, it's it's not a great number to use over time. Yes, but in one game, no. But last night, you take the minus fourteen from Ray Felton, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about <laughs> that. Tells me something. And. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, one thing that I think it's interesting from last night, and to be honest, the full tenure of Billy Donovan against the Mavericks, uh, they always struggle to some degree mm-hmm. against the Mavericks. Yeah. And I think that the defense that they want to do, they want to implement, um, which is the correct one, I think, struggle against triple penetration. And Dallas made a very subtle move um, well, A, against Pelton, you can actually attack him full stop. Like, you don't have to um, try something um, fancy. Uh, but I think that when they downside, because um, uh, Barnes was in foul trouble and I think he wasn't playing very well, they had, like, three guys that would actually um, penetrate with the ball in their hands, plus mm-hmm. Doncic. And the defense that Billy wants actually struggles against that if you don't have very good one-on-one defenders because you schematically want to take away trees um, and they did because they took if I remember correctly like 28 29 I don't remember the exact figure I think it was around that number but you expose yourself to triple penetrations and Steven Adams is not great in, in um, uh, facing a one-on-one um, in, a, in one-on-one setting um, guys that go towards the rim it's, mm-hmm. it's great in pick and roll settings. And so Dallas is a terrible, terrible opponent for OKC, uh, especially when they when they are not engaged uh, like last season or shorthanded because they missed two um, OK in, in Russell Westbrook and great in uh, Andre Robertson um, one-on-one defenders. And so it's a terrible test. And plus, uh, at the beginning of the, of, the, um, of the first quarter, you had Paul George and Luka Doncic, and it worked perfectly well. Mm-hmm. Then, because of downsizing, uh, Paul George had to guard a smaller guy, and that advantage got lost. And Luka torched the Thunder defense because of that. Because mm-hmm. you cannot have... It, it's already good enough that if you don't have a good defender on him, he will murder him. Yeah. The fact is that they don't have the overall talent, Dallas, I mean, they don't have shooting, the, uh, enough shooting, even if like last night they, they actually made them, uh, they don't have enough spacing uh, to allow Doncic to be the best he can be, especially because they have Barnes, uh, but like if they somehow find ways to put him into a spread system, this guy will be fun. 
fun to watch. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, the the Mavs, I mean, just some general stats. Shot 55.8% from the field last night to the Thunder's 39.2. Uh, the Thunder did set a, what I believe is a franchise record in offensive rebounds, 26 yeah. offensive rebounds. Yeah two Dallas is four and that's like to me is like oh man the Thunder missed a lot of shots (laughs) yeah and they were able to to out athlete them to to get all those offensive rebounds there were one two three four five guys that had three or more offensive rebounds last night that's insane yeah that is so crazy you just look at the way that Paul George Jeremy Grant and Stephen Adams played like they all played well enough to win the game uh, yeah. If you had Russell there instead of uh, Felton, basically, and you slide through to the bench, like, oh, the Thunder have a chance to win that game. Like, it wasn't that that far out of reach. But, you know, it's it's not sustainable for this team to just dominate with when Russell Westbrook sits. It's just not. No, no, I don't think so. Um, you need to have better shooting order to do that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we already discussed that. But I think that with Steven, I always have the, the feeling that when Russ doesn't play and when you don't have the shooting going, you shoot oh, Steven more, mm-hmm. especially against those teams. Like, DeAndre Jordan is, uh, was a very good defensive player. Yeah. He's not is not that good anymore. Like, he can be a solid defender, but come on, it's... It, it's not like posting up against Gobert or Embiid. Um, oh, it's, no way. It's not that anymore. And so I know that you don't want to post up um, because you don't want to diverge from your um, style of play. Um, but I think that in like during those nights, um, when the second unit has nothing going, just sub Adams early and try to go and play through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have Dennis there, if you don't have Russ there, uh, like before going and play through Felton, I think, um, like, I felt like when, when Dallas went plus four, uh, I think it was 22, 26 Dallas, uh, they had like a two, three actions where they really played well and OKC had nothing going on on, on offense. There, I felt like Billy had a very, like a, like a slow hand in, in stopping the game. Like other nights, when he, when he sees like two or three actions where the defense doesn't work and the offense is terrible, it just stops the game. Timeout, substitution, and reset. He didn't do that. Um, probably because, I mean, the, the energy levels, the level wasn't great anyway uh, with the starters. But that moment precisely, I think that if you if you sub Adams in and play a little bit more through him, I think you can, you can get something going. Maybe you don't win the game because you don't have legs, but still... 11 shots when you when you don't have anything going uh it's like you know you need to give adams more touches yeah there's no question and really like the biggest problem with ray is that when he's playing like he feels like he has to be the offense which makes no sense no (laughs) you know he took 12 shots in 16 minutes i mean that's that's, that should not be a thing and so i mean he he will dribble until he feels like he finds something or he'll pass it off and get the ball right back to himself so he can reset his dribble it's just i mean it's first of all it's just horrid to watch as a thunder fan uh and second of all it's just so ineffective and so if i if they're gonna have to play any more time without russell 
Like they're gonna have to figure something out, like you said, like play through Adams in the second unit, or play through. I mean, you're gonna have to play through somebody else, or you're gonna have to work on the ball movement, the ball movement, player movement thing that Billy always preaches. Just completely dies when Felton comes in the game. He grinds the game to a complete halt. Everybody's watching him. You know what's gonna happen. And I don't want to blame him completely for last night's loss, but I think that he, his play, and the fact that he's not even really a part of the rotation. Like he's a part of the rotation now because the Thunder need another point guard, but um, his effectiveness is just at an all-time low um, as a player. Uh, and so the Thunder need they need Russell back. You know they'll probably be fine against Phoenix. Phoenix is not a good team, uh, but you know some of these this. You know their schedule is a cakewalk going forward, but they're not going to if they they play Felton as a backup point guard for 16 minutes a game, they're going to lose some of them. They just are. Yeah, and unless he finds ways to not dribbling the ball as much as he's doing, because as you said, it's painful to watch. Yeah, I was, this morning I was literally uh, making like uh, I don't know noises when when he was dribbling the ball, like ah. Uh, Come on, like, you cannot you cannot play like that. No. Those mid-range shots, uh, those kind of floaters that like he used to have that. Yeah, and now it's yeah, he it's did. like yeah, I, I know that it, it, it's what I what I'm going to say. It's kind of um, a bit too much, maybe. But it looked like Melo against <laughs> us. It did. Uh, like it did. on Thursday. Yeah. Like, 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 this is my game. I really want to do that. And no, no, just breaks over, breaks over, breaks. Because yeah. I don't mind the, the, the spot-ups opportunities that yeah. you got. Agreed. You got a few with, 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 with PG. Like, you have to t- take those. You're free. It's in the flow of the game. Just pass the ball and initiate the offense. Like, not by dribbling and dribbling. And then, as you said, I pass you the ball just because I, I don't know where to go now. Right. Like, it's... Yeah. yeah. Well, but, but you're right. I mean, there were other things. He was like he concur to the terrible second unit. Uh, but overall, yeah, he, he wasn't the only um, the only reason. I mean, there was a low energy throughout the team, and it's like if uh, if the Abrina shot goes in when they are like plus nine, minus nine uh, from the top of the key, they may go into a run, and it's a completely different story. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean the, the energy level was bad, um, which is un- like, which is understandable at this point. Yeah, as yeah. many games they played and whatnot. Uh, you know what Raymond Felton would really enjoy? Oh, I know, Andy frozen custard. Andy's frozen custard. That's exactly right. Right now, if you go to Andy's, there's locations in Oklahoma City. Uh, there's locations in Texas and Missouri, all over the South. If you live near one, you need to go right now. Because you can get the pumpkin pie concrete or the apple pie concrete. I recommend both. And if you're like, I can't decide, just get both. Because it's it's very, very much worth it. Uh, they cut the pie out of a pie pan, put it in the cup, fill it with Andy's frozen custard, vanilla custard, mix it all up. And oh boy, it's delicious. And right now you can go get a pint of Andy's frozen custard if you buy that, you'll get one for free, and it's delicious. So please support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at Andy's Frozen Custard. Uh, a few general stats 
Well, then there's some juicy NBA stories that we're going to get to because the Thunder, you know, they're they're a very. I think they're a good team, and they lost mm-hmm. in a bad way last night. I don't think there's a lot to take from it because there's no Russell. Um, but some general stats, and then we'll get into some juicy NBA topics. So they currently sit. Uh, at fourth in defensive rating at 103.6. The Denver Nuggets are, are first in defense right now, which is like a mind-blowing stat. You know, it's yeah. Denver, Boston, Milwaukee, OKC, the Grizzlies, the Pacers, the Trailblazers. Like all of those, like none of those are that surprising except for the Denver Nuggets at number one, which uh, is impressive. The 102.5 is like not the most impressive number ever. Um as far as like defense goes, but still like kudos to them for, for being as good as they have been so far this season. Uh, and then offensively they sit at 19th at 106.1 net rating of, uh, 2.5, which puts them at ninth in net rating. So like they're like, they're a pretty good team. Russell's missed four games mm-hmm. and, out of these 12 and you know, there's not much else you can ask for, uh, from this team because when when Russell does play their offensive and defensive ratings obviously look quite different they're sixth in defensive rating when he plays at a 105.2 and 11th in offensive rating at 111 which puts them at 5.8 net rating which would make them uh, seventh in net rating so when Russell plays this is a good team and they have mm-hmm. they have a really nice identity. I feel like he's Russell's more bought in this season than he ever has been. Uh, I feel like Billy has done a good job despite some bad games here and there. Uh, this is a this is a solid team with a solid identity, and that transitions us to a team that doesn't have a solid identity and is not a very solid team right now. And that's the, the Houston Rockets. And Woj and Shams last night were reporting about Mello last night. Uh, McKelly, were you shocked to hear this mellow news? Uh, first of all, I don't exactly know what it means. I had to, to think about it. Like, is it gone? Like, they are trying to move him? Um, is he trying to get to, to be moved uh, with, with those comments? Because, first of all, I, I don't know where this, uh, uh, where, where this news has leaked. Like, from yeah. Melo's camp? I, I think it's from Melo's camp. Uh, to be honest, um, because I don't think he likes the situation. Uh, <laughs> it's it, I don't think that Houston doesn't like it either. But um, I really think he's still trying to find a way to to play in the NBA uh, and be relevant, which and is a, and be a starter. Like that matters. To yeah, him. that those yeah. those kind of things matter to him right now. He still feels like, and he said this. This is what he said at the end of the Thunder season. I feel like I have so much more to give. He said that, and he's done sacrificing, and then he gets to Houston. He has to sit on the bench. He's not playing well. He still feels like he has a lot to give, and that's maybe just, I mean, I think it's flat out wrong. I just don't think that he's very aware of what his capabilities are at this point, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that you're right that this is probably coming from Melo's camp because you know Mike D'Antoni was asked about it and he's like, uh, you uh, you might want to ask Daryl about that. Might want to ask Daryl Morey about those things. He's like, I don't know. And then he like makes a nice comment about Melo that he likes what he's been doing at the backup four, um, which might be the point of contention, you know, with Melo and the Rockets is that you know I don't really want to be the backup four, uh, and it's very clear 
that he's even maybe the Rockets are even being generous with the role that they're giving him at this point. I'd like to thank The Athletic for sponsoring today's show. The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of Smarter Sports coverage for the diehard fan. If you want to know the inside stories, you're going to theathletic.com. I'm sure most of you have already heard of it. If you're listening to this podcast, you are a diehard sports fan, so you've heard of The Athletic. What's great about it is there's no ads, there's no pop-ups, there's no of those autoplay videos to annoy you while you're trying to read. It is just the in-depth coverage that you want from the best journalists out there. We have Brett Dawson here covering the team locally. Everybody knows Darnell Mayberry covers the Bulls for The Athletic. We have Fred Katz covering the Wizards. Uh, Anthony Slater covers the Warriors. You know all those guys, and they're just the best in the industry. And so to get The Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com backslash dunk. That's all lowercase d-u-n-k and get 40 percent off your subscription subscribe and be part of the future of sports journalism yeah um like i would try to to move him uh, somehow or to cut him just flat out cut him it, it's it it's seems like it's moving thing. in that direction yeah i mean like i i think that if pierre jackson can make 60 plus points in china Melo can do the same uh, and so maybe oh. that is this is oh. where like i don't know i mean this if is you want sad. to start this is getting no. so sad or just keep going but it's getting so I know, sad sorry <laughs> i know sorry but let's 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 talk about um from a business point of view yeah like if Melo goes to china like jordan brand will make gazillions of, of whatever oh, currency is in, what, is in China right now. Without a uh, yeah. And he can play for the next three, four, five years uh, scoring horribly 40 a game uh, on average, just job-stepping everyone over there um, and be happy with a starting role, tons of money, tons of touches. But if you want to play in the NBA, like A, it's in better shape, as Roy said, um, I think a week ago, uh, but it's not in good shape. Yeah, like he's still not fast enough to, to, to be a backup four and be in a in a contending team. No, and uh, like I know that probably if you see James Hennis in front of you, you you might say, "Well, I'm not like worse than James Hennis," and he's probably right. <laughs> Like those two are not great, and that's why Houston has a lot to to solve. I think. Um, I don't know. It's it's a mess. Uh, Houston is a mess right now in terms of rotations, in terms of uh, the way James Harden and Chris Paul are playing, and, and yeah, Melo there is not helping. So I don't know. I mean, uh, it's sad to say to a star like Melo, like like your future is in China or. Um, or you ha- you you are a starter because your team wants to tank. Like, yeah, I think those two are the only options, and maybe he will prove us wrong by I don't know responding, rebounding from that, and being uh, a competent backup. But there's no indication of that. And if you want to point out at the game in Brooklyn, you need to average that with a horrible game in OKC. Like, right. If you want to, if you want to go to the single game route, there are way more um, evidence of the declining. Like you can be hot for a night, like everyone can, probably in, in everyone with that talent. I mean, 
Yeah. But to be consistent, it's it's totally another story. I'm sorry for being sad, but like <laughs> going to China and play and play and, and play for a gazillion money, it's not sad. It's just different. Yeah. I mean, I just I would be a little floored if that's what happened to him. Even though even though it's even though it's like a, a progression that probably should happen. I mean, is he going to swallow his pride enough? Like he, he had to swallow his pride to waive his no trade clause a year ago to come to Oklahoma City. <laughs> you know, he had I'm to swallow like, his pride to even like consider going to the bench. Like this is like a very Allen Iverson esque progression. You know, when he was with Detroit, it was like, oh, okay, like he's about done. And then he played for Memphis for like a week, and then he was gone. And it seems like we're heading down that road. And if you're the Rockets, I'm terrified of what happened last night to them. Because, you know, Melo sat out last night with his illness. Uh, I'm doing air quotes right now. You can't see that. Uh, yeah, no, no. I saw I saw them clearly. Like, you can saw them. You, yeah. see, you can hear them. <laughs> it's just, that was BS. Like, he, they're obviously, things are not going well. And, like, the words that they chose to put, like, they, they gave to Woj and stuff were, like, they're, they're very kind. But it's really saying, like, the, what they should have said in that article is the Rockets are probably going to waive Carmelo Anthony because one, they're not happy. Two, he's not happy. And things are not going well. And they're losing games. They're four and seven right now. They lost last night to San Antonio. And San Antonio is like, they're a solid team. They're not a great team, but they're a solid team. Uh, you played Chris Paul 40 minutes last night. He was a minus 12, 13 points, four assists, three, three steals. Uh, I mean, to me, the scary thing is not only like the mellow deal with them, but really Chris Paul has not been good this year. He was awful against Oklahoma city. Uh, he, and I don't know if it's, I mean, he's, he mentioned an elbow injury that he won't talk about. Maybe it's that. Uh, but if you're Houston, the scariest thing is not whether or not you have to deal with mellow or even the role players, like you can, like I think Daryl Morey is a smart enough GM to find role players to put around these guys, and I think that he did a terrible job in the summer. But he's he's corrected mistakes like that in the past. You know, when they had Ty Lawson and like this weird mix, he's like, okay, this didn't work, and the, he shifts things around quickly. And so it wouldn't shock me to see him shift things around quickly because he brought PJ Tucker in, he brought you know Bamute in, and he did that all very quickly. I think that he could do something like that again. But if you're dealing with a Chris Paul that's over the hill. Then, like, there's no you don't solve that problem. Like, no one's tr- one, no one's trading for his contract, um, and you're just maybe not just a very good team anymore if he can't be 100. percent Now, maybe he'll get healthy, or they'll sit him for a little bit of, of time, and he'll get right. But you know, if I'm if I'm the Rockets, I'm a little scared because you know Eric Gordon played again played last night, and you know he didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but he comes in, and he he played well off the bench, but you know you still you know, get stomped by San Antonio and only score 89 points. You know, the Rockets are kind of in trouble right now. And Melo is almost the least of their problems because he, that's an easy problem to solve. We discussed yeah, this. And, just cut him. Just cut him. Just, and it's not yeah. going to cost you that much to do that. No. So you cut him, you no. let him go, but you're, that's not all your problems. You know, I don't think I have that, a fake trade. Do you want a fake ooh, trade? Ooh, I love fake trades. No, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of tame. Uh, yeah. That's with Cleveland. You you give the um, the Phoenix package. Let's call it package to use like a kind word. Yeah. Uh, in in Knight and Chris, and you get Jr. and Decker. Yeah. 
like with maybe a sweetener you can you can put in a top 25 uh, first like the grand uh, first one there the mm-hmm. one that if it, com- if it conveys it conveys if not it's it's just two second rounders yeah. um, like use thing need, needs depth and JR is Probably. a, is a yeah. crazy person probably uh, well, is. almost surely but he's a great shooter yeah. and he's a great relocator uh, in terms of he relocates probably is not the correct word sorry uh, but he relocates on the court he's able to to find the sweet spot like uh, he's, he's not just standing and waiting mm-hmm. uh, for for the ball to come to him, he, he actually moves, and I know that he has a, like he has issues probably, but he's still a competent NBA player who played finals uh, games, um, and it's uh, something that can help Houston, yeah. I think. And there are trades out there that you can find, like this one, sure. um, and and I think that Del Moro will try to move those two because they they don't they don't have salary for the next season and so that's good and you can easily move them uh, I think and yeah. they have to do it because like you cannot afford to have uh, 17.5 millions uh, sitting uh, at the <laughs> end of the bench with no no chance to play whatsoever yeah and Marquise Chris played like a little bit in OKC and he looked so lost out there did he? Did a... he? I didn't even realize that yeah I did yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> he didn't play much. I mean, he, but it's, it's just so clear. Like, he doesn't really belong, and maybe, maybe someday he will. But I mean, it's, uh, it's a little scary for his career. And then Brandon Knight, like, Brandon Knight hasn't been a relevant NBA player in years. And, you know, it's, it just goes to show that, like, you know, Daryl Morey does a good job as a GM, but everybody just goes out of their way to praise him. And I don't know if it's because they know that he's, like, within earshot. You know, he's he follows a lot of writers on Twitter. He follows a lot of people and really tries to shape narratives at times. Um, and I think because, you know, if people <clears throat> thought the Sam Presti was with an earshot, you know, on Twitter or whatnot, maybe he is with a burner account, but, you know, he's not out there, you know, tweeting memes and stuff like that. Uh, I think that does have an impact. And to, we talk about like the human element in basketball. Like there's certainly a human element in covering teams and covering the NBA and who, like who, you know, and who you're in with. And if you're trashing Daryl Morey out there, he's going to hear you and he's probably going to block you on Twitter. And I don't, I don't know that some of those guys want that. So, um, you know, all, everything that he did in the off season was really, you know, praised by the end and everybody still, and we talked about contenders that everyone talked about Houston and, you know, some of, some of us were like, you know, I think they're going to take a step back and, yeah. you know, they took a massive step back and some of it is mellow and the role players. And then some of it's that, you know, Chris Paul has been really, really bad. And yeah. that to me, like I said before, is the scariest thing for Houston. Uh, there's a it's trade. about shifting. Oh yeah, go yeah, ahead. It's go about ahead. shifting. No, no, quickly. It's about shifting the burden. Like if Chris Paul has to sustain fifteen uh, percent of your defense because you have Trevor and you have Bamute during the regular season, yeah. and then you have shooters that can space the floor. I mean, even if it was not effective in terms of percentage, when I tracked all the Chris Paul passes, uh, Ryan Anderson was standing, standing. Uh, I think at least four feet behind the three-point line mm-hmm. to give Chris a lot of space and to give him always an option. And, like, if you have to, if Chris has to play defense, and he has to, because there's no one there who can play defense now, 
he has to be like the second best defender on the starting unit or the third one. It, it changes the energy level that he has to use every single night, which was something that the Houston Rocket had mustered last season because yeah. the effort defensively was there for everyone. Sorry, uh, let's, yeah. let's discuss well, this. No, you're, you're right because it was the same thing with Steven Adams last season when Robertson went down. It looked yeah. like, oh man, is Steven even a good defender anymore? I mean, to people like oh, yeah. to, to the untrained eye, it looked like Stephen Adams was a mess, and it wasn't that Stephen Adams was a mess; it was that everyone around him was, and he is yeah. like trying to plug as many holes on this little tiny thunderboat as he could, and he just couldn't, and the thing was just sinking to the bottom of the ocean, you know. And it's the same thing with the Rockets right now. Like Clint Capella probably doesn't look as good as he did last year. And why is that? Oh, it's because he's having to cover for everybody. And the same thing with Chris Paul. We know James Harden is similar to Westbrook and that they're just not great defenders, not the most aware guys on the defensive end. Um, and then when your wing guys are just kind of, ugh, just kind of average, kind of like Josh used to see, you know, like, okay, like they're not going to, those aren't difference makers. Those are placeholders. And, yeah. you know, Trevor Ariza, I think Tom Haverstro had this stat last year that Trevor Ariza defended more of the top scores in the NBA than anybody else did. And yeah. when you miss that, like you can't, but Hey, you can't, hey, hey, you have 85% of him. <laughs> I, I'm positive. Is this like, just such, I don't think James Hand has yeah. played like one minute against our best player or probably like two or three minutes. Yeah. It was PJ a lot. It was. Right. So yeah. And Tucker right. is another one of those guys like PJ Tucker can't do everything and he never has had to do very much throughout his whole career. Like he's had these small, you know, bite-sized roles for teams and he's played really well in them. But then when you ask him to be like your Draymond Green, well, good luck with that. There's one Draymond Green in the NBA and that's it. Yeah. You know that after our rant, they will go into a like 10 game. <laughs> Very well. Good. They have the talent to be, they have the talent to not be this bad. They really do. Yeah. But I mean, we saw, I mean, I, I saw it in person the other night. It was pathetic. Like they just don't like last year they had this moxie about them that was like oh like you're not beating that team like you're just not they have the, the yeah, they swagger have, they had swag, swagger yeah uh, they don't have that anymore it's completely gone it's completely yeah. gone uh, so Sharich and Covington yeah, yeah so the Sixers uh, traded for Jimmy Butler was in the middle of a uh, my both my kids do uh, piano and I was doing a little piano. Uh, practice with my son and then boom just blow up piano practice because jimmy butler gets traded to the 76ers so the sixers get jimmy butler and justin Patton, and the timberwolves got darius dario sharich is that right did i say it good yes that's perfect okay uh robert covington and jared bayless in a second round pick uh what are your general thoughts uh, on this trade uh I, I don't love like saying who won or lost the trade because I just think it's you just sound like an idiot later on after you, after you make that assumption. Uh, but what are your general thoughts on this? Um, well, first of all, we cannot judge anything because we don't know uh, what was out there. Um, and for like the thing that went out uh, in the media, there was no great trade to be had for Minnesota. Yeah. That said, I don't like the fact that they didn't get a first rounder. Right. They should have pushed for at least a highly protected this year first rounder. It's yeah. not a good first rounder. Yeah. Like again, 
play for the Jeremy Grant uh, first sound. If you go into the, um, if it's top 20, I get it. If it's not next year, it's two seconds. No, no commitment, no nothing for the future year. It's just this one. You have yeah. two first rounder probably. Well, one one first rounder, uh, and it's they should have got at least that um, because there was Miami offering probably J Rich and um, a first rounder that was at least said um, at some point during the discussion. Yeah, and because I don't think that Covington and Sharich moves the needle for Minnesota, no. they may. Um, if if somehow uh, Dario is able to do to, to shots like Mirotic does, then it becomes in, incredibly interesting because you have space uh, with Towns. And um, the fact that you don't have another ball ender, this is a point that I think um, Sam Bassini with Bodner and the other guy that covered that is covering Zotter, the Athletic, which has like a a very difficult uh, surname to pronounce, and I will not try. Um, they were saying that if you remove a ball handler from Minnesota, there are like more chances that the offense goes through towns. Yeah. Uh, if those things happen, then I might see this trade as a positive uh, for Minnesota because you have a different identity uh, and you. I don't think your ceiling is as high as with uh, Jimmy because last year with Jimmy Butler, they were a very good team. Yeah. Like he played 58 60 games he missed like 20 or so mm-hmm. and in the game that, that Jimmy played they looked like a 55 plus winning team which is elite NBA uh, in terms of offense and defense uh, well defense not so much but we're very good very good team unless Towns explodes mm-hmm. and having again two off-ball guys with Towns is, is a good Thing. So from the from the Philadelphia point of view, um, I I kind of like it now a bit. But my question is, why you didn't get Kawhi? Because that yeah. is my point. Like you you, just, you you needed like ten games to see that you are not as good as last year because you you lost all of your shooting. <laughs> like. I don't think that this is a very good judgment from the from the Philadelphia front office. And this again, I if the I don't know if San Antonio was inclined to accept an offer that, um, featuring those two guys plus Markel Fultz. But if they were, and he, and you can get the medicals of Kawhi, and you get Kawhi Leonard in Philadelphia, then this trade is not a good one. Because there's no, there's not a Markel Fools between Butler and Kawhi. There's much more than that. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Uh, the feat is strange. They had, they, they will have to work a lot uh, to to make uh, Simmons, Butler, and Embiid. That said, defensively they are scary, mm-hmm. and this surely improves what they have, in my opinion. Maybe they are a firm believer on on, on Markel. Uh, because they see stuff that we don't. And if one year from now, Markello is a, at least a competent backup or a six-man type of guy, and those three gel together, this team can be very good. Not sure they have like a title contention um, roster because they have no, not shooting. They, they don't have enough shooting mm-hmm. as of now, but they, they can 
they can be fun to watch in the East for sure. Yeah. Sorry, it was very, very long. No, no, I think it's, that's good stuff. I think, yeah, I think the Sixers, I think you kind of have to do that deal if you're the Sixers. Cause I mean, you're giving mm-hmm. up two role players and you're getting back a star. And oh yeah, that, you, I agree. 100%. You just you have to do that. And I like Robert Covington. Robert Covington's twenty eight. It's not like he's like a super young. Like if he was twenty four and had that great contract, I think you're like oh, like maybe. Um, and then Sharich is a solid player, but I just don't know that he's ever going to be anywhere close to the level of a Jimmy Butler. And you don't have to give up a first rounder. I mean, like that's a no brainer to me. And you yep. get off of Jared Bayless's contract. Yes, awesome, sweet. And we get to we get to try this out, uh, and you know he, there's been good signs that he wants to commit long term, even already from from Woj Woj's reports. So I mean that's all positive. Uh, I think that you know I, I don't know what the ceiling looks like for this team, and it's nice that you don't really have a defined ceiling with them because, like you said, you have Markel Fultz, you have Ben Simmons who's still progressing, even Joel Embiid, like they're all getting better, and I think they're they're they finally got what they're missing is that when the game broke down in the playoffs for them, they didn't have anybody that could go get them a bucket. Yes. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler can do that. Jimmy can. Sure. So, and I think that that will be super helpful for them. And they have just a, I mean, he's a leader and sometimes he's a super bad leader, you know, as he was in for the Timberwolves, but being in the Eastern conference, and that's another positive is that you move another star back to the Eastern conference. And that's another positive thing for this league and for the West. Uh, As for like the Timberwolves, I think it's kind of gross. I like Sharich a lot. I like Covington in this scenario. I'm just like, like, okay, like you're going to be the 10th seed in the West. And you have two guys like Sharch makes sense for the future. Covington really doesn't a whole lot. He's not near the same timeline. You don't get a first round pick. You don't really get any young guy that's going to develop along with them. Maybe you think that's Sharch. I don't know. I think that he's a role player. Like, man, that's, like, that's super disappointing because like what you gave up to get Jimmy Butler uh, and then what you got after you traded him, obviously he he lost value in that time because he was you know just destroying them from within but man like you've got to if you're a Timberwolves fan like you got to be super disappointed in how this has ended and maybe they you know make some magic and make and get the eighth seed like that's not impossible but uh it kind of seems that way to me i just don't i don't see it happening i, don't, I just don't like who's the leader on that team now because they were not good the year before they got Jimmy and they got Jimmy and he led them to the playoffs. They were terrible when Jimmy sat. They were really good when he played and that's how it was. And I just don't see how I don't see Robert Covington changing that. I don't see Sharks changing that. I, I think that it's going to take a change within Carl Towns to make that happen. And he just is not, doesn't seem to be that guy. I think he's super talented. I think he's awesome. It's going to take him a little while to develop and maybe develop that killer instinct. But when you're counting on him and Andrew Wiggins, who are both on max contracts, uh, and you don't get a first round pick and you don't get a blue chipper back, uh, that's, that's pretty bad. Like if they got Marco Fultz back in that trade, man, like I, I would be like, okay, well, you know, at least, you know, we get to see and maybe it doesn't work, but at least you got the guy that everybody thought was the best player in, you know, last year's draft. Uh, well, when you get a couple role players, I mean, it screams that, you know, Tibbs is going to be coaching for his job for the rest of the season 
And I just, you know, I don't know how Robert Covington feels about playing 45 minutes a game, but he's about to about to know what that's like. <laughs> well, tell me the top three in PR for the Wolves this season before the acquisition. Before, ugh. Well, well let's let's discount Butler, like without Butler, the um, no, the updated roster. Sorry, with Covington and Charge. With Covington and Charge, okay. Yes. Ooh. I don't even know where I don't even know where to start. It's just kind of a scary <laughs> a scary proposition for the for these teams. Uh Taj Gibson. Uh third. Who's third? Okay. Um Derek Rose. Second. Is he really Derek Rose is second. Oh good yes. lord. Nineteen point four. Oh. Uh, Anthony Tolliver. Yeah, number no, 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 number one is Cat. <laughs> Okay. Uh, All right. Good. Okay. That's good. Uh, I was going to say, if he's like, <laughs> if he's at like a 12 or something, I'm just going to start crying. Oh, Gorgie Jang has no, got to no. be high, right? 17. Yes. <laughs> just a tad below uh, Tash Gibson. Uh, and then everyone is below average uh, yeah. PR, which again, doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, less touches for Butler, more touches for Derrick Rose. Uh, yeah, Derrick Rose, Rose is going what? to dominate the ball for this team as long as yes. he's healthy. This, the rest of the season. And that's yeah. why they're not going to be any good. That's why they're not making the playoffs. And that's why I don't care that you did anything around this team uh, I, I care what you do for the future. And if I'm a Wolves fan, like I'm super, super upset that they at least didn't get a first round pick in a Jimmy Butler deal. I mean, that's a disaster in my opinion. I mean, I just don't, yeah. I mean, maybe Sharch is the one piece for the future, but Covington's not really a future piece for them. Like he's a, he's a win now no. player. And I don't know how happy he's going to be, you know, wasting away in Minnesota after, you know, going on a playoff run last year. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that may be super unhappy and a trade candidate eventually. And, you know, if I'm him, I would want to get out of there because I just don't, you know, but I, I think they'll probably be good by the time he's 31. <laughs> and then, and then like, he may not be the same guy. Uh, it's, that's sad. Let's play sad. a game. Okay, let's, let's play, a game. play a game. Let's play a game and then I got to go. Yeah, it's fun with stats. Um, net rating edition, on off stats edition. So okay. there's this very simple task. You have to rank Thunder player um, according to their on off stats in non uh, garbage time. So it okay. is very hard, uh, but like the idea is very simple. So you take the production of your, of your team. Um, when this player is on and you sum uh, with the, the change of sign uh, oh I'm making very complicated please explain what is uh, the on-off uh, stats and uh, because I, I, I'm making a mess of doing that yeah so it's it's the number where is the player improving or making your team worse when they're on the court basically and if it's a positive number, that means that they're that much better than their opponent. If it's a negative number, that means that they're that much worse than their opponent while they're on the court. Yeah, if, and the opposite uh, if they are off. Like if they are negative when he's off, it uh, sums to the to the total amount. Well, it, you probably need to go and, and read the, the Yeah, we're the both definition. doing probably a terrible job of explaining it. Right. Yeah, and I'm a mathematician, so I'm very, very uh, sad uh, about myself. But anyway, <laughs> let's rank players. Uh, starting from the dead last. Okay. The worst player in on-off for the Thunder. It's got to be Felton, right? It is Raymond Felton at minus 24.5. 
Yeah. In 78 minutes. Yeah. Is um, horrible. Well, just last year it was minus minus 7.7, which yeah. is gross. But this year is horrible. Okay. Yeah. This one you nailed. Tell me who's like uh, the second worst. Nerlens. Nope. Nerlens. Nerlens is the third. He's the third. Okay. No. Uh, Mm. Among the among the ten rotation players, T. Ferg, like we, no, 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 no. T. Ferg is much higher. Yes, okay, that's good. Uh, oh, two pat, two pat, two pat at minus seventeen in two hundred minutes, Ugh. which is horrible. Minus nine point two uh, in uh, um, in offense. So when he's on the court, the offense is nine point two points worse, and the defense is seven point eight worse uh, when he's on the court. Which is terrible. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, we are at number six in our list. Who is number? Well, number seven. Sorry. So we've done. Yeah. So neural neurons. Noel. Um. Let's see. Uh, Alex. No, Alex is in the positive range. He is okay. Good news. Uh, Schroeder. Yeah. No, is in the slightly positive range. Jeremy? No, he's in a way, way positive range. Okay, good. I don't know. Who's next? Hey, it's your boy. It's your boy. Oh, it's Hami. on the, your Twitter account. Hami. Hami is minus 10.4. Okay. Um, the offense is slightly worse when he's on the court. The defense court uh, plus 9.7. So the defense is almost 10 point worse when he's on the court. Um, then we, from now on, all these six players, which you should be happy about that because these are the players that play the most, yeah. uh, for OKC, they are all either net, like zero effect or positive. Okay. T Ferg. So who's the sixth? T Ferg. Yeah. T Ferg. Yes. T Ferg is, um, the offense is 4.5 points better and the defensive 4.5 points worse that was on the court. So it's a mm. net, net, uh, net zero. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Alex Sabrinas next? No. No. Alex uh, Sabrinas is, is number five. Yes. Okay. Uh, Schroeder? Yes. Schroeder is slightly positive at um, plus uh, 0.4. Then, as you said, Alex Sabrinas is plus seven. Oh, so wow. he's uh, very positive. Yeah. Can you guess? Uh, well, now that I, now that I ask, uh, it's easy. Can you guess where? His contribution comes from offense or defense? For Dennis? No, for Alex. For Alex? Defense. Yeah. <laughs> Minus 13.6. So the defense is almost 14 points better with him on the court. And the defense, <laughs> the offense is minus 6.5 points worse when he's on the court. Weird. So if Alex is able to make his shots with a better clip, this this is good news for Casey. Oh my goodness! And then tell me tell me the top tell me the top two. Russ is fourth at uh, plus seven point five. Kay. Tell me the top three. The order of the top three is the, the order of the top three is uh, number one Paul George, number two Stephen Adams, and then number three Jeremy Grant. Uh, Grant is correct uh, at uh, plus 13.7. Uh, both offensive and defense improved quite a lot with him on the court. 
The first by a hair is Steven Adams at mm-hmm. plus 16.8. The offense is 16 point better, points better with him on the court. Whew. And the defense is just slightly better. Paul George has a very has a similar impact, plus 16.3. Wow. So uh, George and Adams, um, no matter who is the point guard that plays with them, uh, they have very good ratings. When you have like either Dennis or Russ with uh, Paul George, Jeremy Grant and Steven Adams, things works pretty nicely. Uh, if you don't have uh, those two on the court, things are pretty messy uh, yeah. so far. Again, small sample size, but not extremely small. It's like already 500 minutes or so. Yeah, but super positive because Paul George was not good without Russell last year. And so... yeah. No, he is good with Dennis. Yeah, if you have a healthy Russell Westbrook, then uh, you it seems like you have a good team all the way through the 48 minutes. Uh, Michele, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow your project at chart underscore side. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Please take the time to leave us a five-star iTunes review. I think we're like four away from 700, uh, which is super great and a, a round number. And we Oklahomans have simple minds and we love round numbers. So if you could help us get there, uh, that would be just wonderful. Uh, thanks again for listening and for participating with us on Twitter and, you know, hanging out with us online during games. You know, it's, it's more fun when we have more people. And so continue to tell your friends if you could retweet, uh, our show whenever we post those. That is super helpful for us. I don't care if you have two followers or 2000, that it's, uh, it means something to us that you would take the time to do that and share it with your friends. So, uh, share via social media, but also just tell your friends, you know, through word of mouth. Hey, have you, have you listened to Down to Dunk? Do you like the Thunder? You should download this podcast. Even take your grandma's phone, download it on her phone. Uh, that still, still counts on our listen. So we'd appreciate it. Hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.